Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast that looks beyond what is in the glass to the people, the places, the history, and the stories behind it. And we like to have a little bit of fun along the way. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. There are so many fascinating things about wine. One of the things you didn't mention, Gina, was packaging. There's quite an array of bottle sizes and shapes and packaging that doesn't even use a glass at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's not a sound you hear on this show often, is it? <laughs> no, indeed not. Uh, it's one that consumers of wine are hearing more and more often. It's wine in a can. Yes, it is. And, you know, um, when you <laughs> – I don't even – I still, like, shudder to think, and a lot of people shudder at the thought of drinking wine out of a can. But uh, many wine lovers are, are trying it, and uh, it – it could be the newest fad. There are no indications that it's going away anytime soon, so it might not even be a fad. And it's getting big in the marketplace. More and more places are putting on their shelves. And uh, most importantly, more and more producers and wineries are actually getting into the game and putting their wine in cans. Yeah, in 2016, the people at Nielsen documented the increase in canned wine sales mm-hmm. at 125%. That's huge. And before you laugh at that and say, yeah, they sold one can last year and right. 125 this year, according to Business Insider Magazine, sales have exploded in the past few years from about $2 million in sales in 2012 to nearly $15 million in 2016. And it's estimated that today the canned wine business is a $28 million industry. That's crazy. You know, we had a podcast meeting um, a few weeks ago, and I told everybody I was going to bring in some wine to sample. And then I reached into my cooler and... There's the can. Set a bunch of cans down on the table, and I really wish I would have had a video of everybody's reaction. I mean, one of the girls sat there with their mouth open and just like in disbelief, like, oh, 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 "What?" Not sure. How somebody I feel about else that. laughed, and somebody else said, "This is cool," but it was it was a really it, it ran the a range of emotions and reactions. What did you think when when we first when I first brought the cans out? Do you remember? I thought. I have to go get my glasses. I have to go get, no, not glasses to actually yeah. see if I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing. But no, like wine glasses, because the idea of drinking anything still out of a can still kind of grosses me. Even drinking water out of a can makes me feel a little weird. I just want there to be carbonation. Well, and I think that's can. part of the, which we'll talk about at some point in this podcast, is the psychology of mm-hmm. drinking wine out of a can because I have an expectation that it's going to be something carbonated and and probably sweet. It's sweeter, yeah. yeah. And and it and it's weird. But uh, the cans that I brought in were all rosés. Some were still. Some had bubbles. And when before you say there's no way there's sparkling, well, it's carbonated. You know that's exactly what we expected. They, it's not method champenoise no, in a can. No, it's not. They put some carbonation into it. So, uh, and I think we kind of liked some of those. And I don't know if it was partially because of that, that it was carbonated and or a lot to do with the flavor because there were actually some ones that were pretty decent in there, if I remember correctly. Well, there's a couple different things about it. You got the physical situation mm-hmm. with the can and then right. you have the psychological deal. Yeah. You know, um, I'm thinking in my brain of like Bud Light or Diet Coke or mm-hmm. even LaCroix if we're going to go all the way. Okay. But I just, I just, in my brain, I'm just thinking, no, no. And then... A- 
I, I mean, psychologically, are you, are you there? I mean, well, I'm going to I'm going to put my lips on the can right now. And uh-huh. it's just an mm. What is that? It's a Pinot Noir from Alloy, and it's actually pretty good. Try Pinot it. Noir. Yeah. And one of them came with a straw, which I was vehemently opposed to. Um, I think this is going to be better when we pour it in a glass, and for, for many reasons. Well, the straw messes it up when it hits your palate. That tastes like sacramental wine to me. Sacramental? Uh, sacramental. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm having uh, King James up to communion kind yeah. of feeling well, That's here. why you got to pour it in the... And yeah, I'll pour it in my glass again. And it's actually very cold as well. All I can taste is alcohol. Yeah, because I threw it in the cooler, which is, let's be honest, if you're carrying a bunch of cans around, they're going to end up in the cooler. And this is how most of them are going to come out. Well, there's the convenience factor. It is. It, it is. Very, and, and, you know, and this is why they have this marketing, because, number one, I'm at the beach. I'm by the pool. I cannot have glass. It's it's heavy. It's it's uh, there's a safety reason for it. Um, and, and when you're out camping and backpacking and hi- uh, hiking or kayaking, you want to throw a can in your cool in your backpack. It's much easier to crush one than to all of a sudden have an empty glass to dispose of. So what do you think of it now that's in the glass? It's 100,000 times better. Right? Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is when you sip out of a can and then some of those cans that we tried had straws, the wine hits your palate differently. Not only can you not smell it, which is a very important part of tasting wine is the smell. But it kind of skips over some of your taste buds. It misses all that stuff in the front of the palate. You know, yeah. it goes right to the back or the middle. And you, your mouth, you don't get that nice mouth feel that you would get normally out of a glass. That's, yeah, it was interesting when we had that podcast yeah. meeting. We were all trying different things. We were all mm-hmm. trying them with a straw, try it with a can, try it out of a glass. And everybody had a very different um, feeling about how it tasted mm-hmm. in different, you know, vessels, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does make a difference. Being able to have your nose in a glass, it... it, it Taste is a large part of um, of your ability. I mean, smell is a large part of your taste. Right. Right. So that's one element. But convenience-wise, it can't really be beat. It's recycled, much more recyclable. It's lighter weight. Um, shipping, it's probably better as far as a carbon footprint, mm-hmm. you know, hauling stuff across the country or wherever. <clears throat> and they're but, having fun with the packaging, you know, like the one you've got one in front of you, a white that I'm interested to try too. It's called Man Can, and I love, you know, it looks very manly. It's got a dog on, it and it says "Shut up and drink" on really? the label. And what happened with this? The guy was out drinking beer with his friends, and he just said, "Why can't I just have the convenience of ordering wine in a can like everyone else? I want wine." And so he went out and he freaking made his own wine in a can. And um, I've tasted through several of those. I on the opposite side, there's Babe that's in a really slim packaging, and that's the one that we tried that had straws. Yeah, that was the one that had, like, the affirmations. Yes, whatever you're doing you're, with your face, it's working, girl. And all these kind of <laughs> things so on the back. It's, it's Yeah, it's so funny. And uh, so a lot of these are, are, are just kind of fun, too. Trader- I think because of that, I didn't want to like that oh, one. Did, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, okay, quit trying so uh-huh. hard. <laughs> <laughs> Underwood brand um, is made by Union Wine Company, and they... Uh, are growing, they're they're they're, they're huge. Uh, canning things in. Oh yeah, in they're Oregon, the leaders of the can. They have just they have the biggest can. <laughs> <laughs> nice can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're the can folk. I mean, yeah. they've got a, they're all over the place too. And I think I remember us liking theirs. Act- out actually, of out of everything we tried, um, theirs consistently. We tried a sparkling and a still rosé, and theirs was the most likable. Mm-hmm. And and as I tried other ones in their lineup, they were they were the same. They were actually pretty good. But uh, they can produce at their facility six hundred to six hundred and fifty cans a minute. 
Best of Lot of Wine. Yeah, and they just expanded. They've got some brand new, like, 43,000-square-foot packaging things. So they've invested a lot of money. They believe strongly in canned wines, and they're putting their money where their mouth is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and another thing that's kind of cool about cans is they have different size variables. Mm-hmm. Like, they come in 250 to 500-millimeter packages, and that's really cool when you got one person that wants red, somebody else wants pink, and somebody else wants, you know, sparkling uh, the standard wine bottle is 750 milliliters. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind if you're pacing yourself. <laughs> a 375 milliliter can is going to be the same, which is the same as a st- standard soda can. Mm-hmm. That will equal a half a half bottle. Half a bottle. So if you yeah, have, that's a half a bottle in that little can. It's kind of it's yeah. Looks are deceiving. Yes. There's another psychological thing. You know, you may feel like you're just drinking like one beer, but it's actually like a couple glasses of wine. Yeah. As far as your alcohol content. So don't get yourself uh, in trouble there. But I, one of the things I'm, I'm kind of concerned about, though, is I, I get the can, I get the convenience, and I get, okay, mm-hmm. it's great, fine, whatever right. makes people happy. I'm glad that there are some fairly reputable, I mean, I'm not going to say super-duper high-end, but there are some decent producers that are putting their wine in cans, which mm-hmm. was kind of the problem that happened in America when it came to wine in a box. Boda box. Yeah. You know, the bladder boxes, there weren't any really great producers that are willing to take the leap into the box wine. And I'm not sure how many are going to be willing to go towards cans. I think they're going to do it as... I feel like there are more in cans than there were boxes. They're going to do it as an anomaly, as a fun project, like this one called Porch Pounder. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. You should have trademarked that phrase, Porch Pounder, before these people got it on their can. (laughs) And then that's really tattooed it on their yeah, can. right? <laughs> Coppola's been doing it for years with Sophia. Yeah, that was the first one you know, I feel that like I saw. Been doing that a long time. So, you know. Um. I feel like one thing that's kind of not helping them a whole lot, though, is that there are some producers that are taking the can opportunity to reintroduce the uh, wine cooler type things that ah, I thought yeah. we all got over in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, one producer is calling a canned product Ginger Loves Company, and it's a white wine blend with ginger and peach flavor. I'm not sure how I feel about that because I don't feel like that's going to no, be doing— No, that's like a wine cooler again. You're right. Or I just don't spritzer. feel like that's going to be doing the wine in the can thing any favors. No. You know, I, I just that concerns me a little bit, but I am happy to see that there are a number of producers that are trying it out. Right. You know, overall, um, I wouldn't, you know, kick the can out of uh, my kayak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was good. I would throw a couple in the back, you know, with with some ice or, or maybe tailgating this fall. Uh, but I'd still want to have a cup that I can pour it in because drinking out of the can is I, I'm I have trouble getting over the aesthetics of how that is hitting my mouth. I know I'm not tasting aluminum, but I feel like I am. Yeah, right? It's all cycle. It's all in your head. I feel it's like uh, all I can get is the acidity out of the wine. Now try it after it's been sitting in your glass a minute. It's got out of the can. It's freed itself. It's, it's got some air. It's freed <laughs> from the can. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much better. And do you feel like maybe, you know, sometimes you have wine where you take it out of the bottle and it, it's, it sits for a little bit and it kind of blows off some of the funk from a bottle? Yeah. I feel like you might need to do that with wines in a can. Like they need to kind of blow off a little bit of that whatever's on the inside of a can to make yeah, it Yeah, and they said, oh, it's, it's lined. It's not going to affect the flavor. But come on. There's got to be some kind of effect. Yeah. And, you, and it is exposed to air in the can. Yeah. I mean, when you're putting it in. So these are things that are meant to be consumed quickly. Um, have some fun with them and, yeah, you're and not, not gonna, take them seriously. <laughs> you're not going to lay down a six-pack of Bordeaux <laughs> for a future imbibing. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm just 
just letting it mellow. Well, I really hope, you know, going back, switching gears here, but going back to the box, like the Boda box, um, I just tried one of their Chardonnays and it was actually pretty decent. But I know there are some other wineries that were were, to, were, were trying to get those boxed wines, the bladders in there. When you're in France and, and Italy and all, they have them everywhere. Every winery, every decent winery, not every, but a lot of them have it for their everyday drinking. Oh, I'm man. just going to take the box home and sit on my counter and... Especially in Northern Europe. Yeah. Up in the, um, like, Finland, and, and they love those. And yeah. I was in, uh, God, I was in Chablis on a winery tour, and I saw that they had buy two, get one free on their Chablis in a box. You don't think I was snobby about that. I bought that. I <laughs> no, bought that's that your everyday drinking. You know, I can throw it in my sauce that I'm making, and I can, uh, you so know, convenient. knock it back while I'm cooking. Or, and, you know, you're right. It's convenience, and so, and, and, and it's earth-friendly, too. Yeah, it is. So... Now that we've solved all the problems of the world. Try the can. Just try the can, but take a glass with you. Oh, Trader Joe's has one, too, that's called Simpler Wine Brand, and they're white. They're Chardonnay, which I was, like, really, like, there's no way I'm drinking Chardonnay in a can. It was actually okay. You know, they sold out of that. They could not keep that on the shelves. They need to get the same kind of uh, production facility as Underwood because they were having a lot of complaints when that came out that they could not keep it. I mean, like, it would get there. It's $2.99 or $1.99 or something. I can't. Ridiculous. No, it was like $3.99 a a four-pack or something. I can't remember. Yeah, it was was really reasonable. And if it's good, if it's good, it's good, whether it comes in a can or a bottle. All right, it's we'll put hard. our wine snobbery aside for a little bit. Set aside the uh, – it's, it's yeah. tough. It's yeah. very tough. I mean, traditions are hard to break. Yeah. Here's but, to the can. Hey, younger drinkers, right? Well, that's the other thing, too. Oh, wait. Let's toast our cans. Yeah. <laughs> well, ready? You got your can? <laughs> Do I need to open it first? Yeah, Here, I'll open, open it. it. Let's hear that. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. That's not yeah. as satisfying as the pop no, of a cork. No. Okay. Dunk. Dunk. <laughs> Well, it, you know what? But you just mentioned a whole other thing that we did. We skipped over the millennials. It's it's going to open. There are a lot of people who will probably try wine that haven't tried it before. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Richard Chinqui. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org. Thanks for listening. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. There's some Viognier in here. White wine blunt. They won't tell me what the wine grapes are. God dang it. I hate when they do that. That's, I don't, I want to know the grapeies. You're withholding information. I do not like this. Here, try this. It's so good. It's like a Viognier, Marsan, Roussan kind of floral dude. And can. That's not mainly. It's, it's like a bouquet of flowers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, bud. <laughs> Yeah, Viognier for sure. Don't you think? Okay, yeah. look that up. we got to look that up. That's good. I would buy that. All right. How should. much is it? Is it a lot? No, I think it's like, it's it's comparable to a lot of those. Yeah? It's got some texture at the end, too. Doesn't it? That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Should, man, I like that? man we can. We should have opened that. Well, I think that might continued recording. Are you still recording? Yeah. <laughs>